Welcome everyone to Breaking Big Blue. I'm your host, Jordan Ronan, ESPN, ESPN.com, Giants reporter. And in this episode, we're going to talk about something that is probably the biggest single indicator of success for an NFL team and for an NFL team season. And it's the quarterback. It's something we're going to talk about all preseason, all training camp, all season long, especially with the Giants because they have a 38-year-old quarterback named Eli Manning and the number six overall pick sitting right behind them in Daniel Jones. How Jones is doing, how Eli's doing, when they go, when that move is going to happen, when they're going to pull pull the plug, pull the trigger on it, if it's going to finally happen this year. That's going to be a topic of conversation. There's no way to avoid that. There's no way we're going to be able to avoid that this season. That is going to be the storyline of the Giants' 2019 season, right? Unless, magically, everything falls into place, then they become a contender, a real contender. The only thing we're going to talk about is the quarterback play. because And Saquon Barkley. Because that's going to be indicative of where this franchise is headed. So, we're also going to talk to one of the other quarterbacks on the roster today, since this is the quarterback episode. A player that I find to be very intriguing and very interesting in that the perception of him is way different than the conversations I seem to have with him. And, and the player I'm talking about here is a second-year quarterback, and it's Kyle Oletta, right? He was a, a fourth-round pick last year, and now he seems to have fallen out of favor, and a lot of people seem to question whether he's going to make the team. We're going to talk to him about all this because I find him to be a very intriguing guy. And a very nice guy, to be quite honest with you. And it's a little different than the perception that seems to be out there about him. So we'll get to that in a minute. But in the meantime, let's talk about where the Giants are in regards to the quarterback situation. Now what I'm going to do here is I'm going to rank what I think are the top, let's from top to bottom, of the starting quarterbacks in this division right now, the NFC East. Okay? Now... The options are for the Giants, it's Eli Manning, because he's going to start. I have a hard time seeing any chance of Daniel Jones starting unless something happens to Eli Manning. He is go he's been afforded that opportunity. The Giants, the way they operated this offseason, he's going to be afforded that opportunity. The only thing that's going to stop that from happening is injury or an uprising from within the locker room, which isn't going to happen. So really the only thing is injury. And we're talking about a guy who's about the healthiest quarterback in NFL history. He never missed a game because of injury. So we can pretty much throw that out the window and Eli Manning's starting. So he's the Giants starter. Okay. Dak Prescott, we know, is the Dallas Cowboys starter. Carson Wentz, barring injury, of course, as well, which has been a problem for him the last couple of years. He's the Eagles starter because Nick Foles, he's now gone. He's in Jacksonville. And I'm going to count for the Washington Redskins because their quarterbacks are Case Keenum and uh, Dwayne Haskins. I'm going to count Dwayne Haskins as a starter. So either way, because Dwayne Haskins, as, as good as you might think he's going to be, or Case Keenum if he's a starter, I'm going to start from the bottom. So I'm going to put them last. Okay, let's just get that out of the way. Now, Dwayne Haskins might ultimately be a great quarterback, but no matter who, how great you are as a quarterback... There's growing pains as a rookie. Everybody experiences them. I mean, you want to look at Eli Manning as a rookie? 
Go back and look at it. Peyton Manning as a rookie. Tom Brady didn't exactly play as a rookie. He came in, in his, I believe it was his second year, thanks to Mo Lewis, and then won the Super Bowl. But if he got in his rookie year straight out of Michigan, I'm sure he would have gone through his growing pains too because everybody does. It's a big jump from the NFL, I mean, sorry, from college football to the NFL. So Dwayne Haskins and the Redskins, they're, they're this season are going to be fourth and at least heading into the season for me in regards to starting quarterback. All right, now now we're going to jump to the top. My number one quarterback in this division, and it really shouldn't even be a question. Carson Wentz is the top quarterback right now in this division. Okay, now you want to say he's injury prone, right? He's never finished a season from, he's never gotten start to finish in a season. All fair. But he's healthy now, and as long as he's playing, to me, he's the best quarterback in this division. I'm a big Carson Wentz guy in the fact that I think he's going to be a stud. Right? As long as he's healthy. is That's the question with him. But when if he's on the field, and if he could stay on the field, you're talking about a guy here who was on his way to winning the MVP award. He was going to win the MVP award two years ago before he got injured. Before he tore his knee trying to run in a game against the, the Los Angeles Rams. He had, and this is, I've, I've talked about this before. To me, the most important stat is, for a quarterback is touchdowns produced compared to turnovers. So touchdowns produced is thrown and running for, right? Compared to turnovers, which is interceptions and fumbles combined. He was 33 and 10 that season. 33 and 10. Okay. And he didn't even finish the season. 33 and 10. That's a three, that's a better than three touchdown to one turnover ratio. Which is spectacular. I mean, that's really good. Anything near two to one or right around two to one or anything greater than two to one is really good. So three to one. Is off the charts good. And I think that's what Carson Wentz, a healthy Carson Wentz, can bring to the table. So the Eagles, they're the leader in the clubhouse in that regard. Now granted, you know, part of this, those numbers in regards to touchdowns and turnovers is indicative of what you have around you. The offensive line, the weapons, everything put together. Okay. Now obviously it helps, but the good quarterbacks, the great quarterbacks are able to get you pretty much a two to one touchdown to turnover ratio regardless. And everyone else varies and fluctuates, as you'll see in a second. Now, number two, this is where people are probably going to yell at me and tell me I'm an idiot. And I'm not, I was, I'm not the biggest fan of him. It's going to be Dak Prescott, right? The Cowboys quarterback in this division this year. Remember, this isn't Eli Manning in his prime against Dak Prescott. Because Eli Manning's 38 years old. We've seen a decline in his play. Every number you could pretty much imagine has been decreasing. Now he, you could say, oh, uh, you know, completion percentage. There's some, there, there's some outliers to it, but his touchdowns, right? His touchdown to turnover percentage, which to me, like I said before, is 
the most important number for me is has declined. Now, Dak, also, his first year, he spiked. Maybe, and I thought, okay, Dak as a rookie, he was great. You want to go watch that playoff game against the Green Bay Packers? He led him down the field late. I believe they either took the lead or tied it. Uh, they end up losing, but he had a tremendous rookie year. And maybe that was, it was playing above what we're going to expect from him. And I, I think that is the case. I've, I've kind of come off that Dak Prescott bandwagon a little bit for sure. Not exactly the biggest Dak Prescott fan right now. And he did 29 and 8 that first year, played great in that playoff game, looked to play the, looked to be that perfect guy for the Cowboys with their offense and everything. Now, the last two years hasn't been quite as good. Yet, still, still, with probably, and, and last year, with mediocre receivers, especially until they traded for, uh, drawing a blank, I'm, um, I want to call him Amani Toomer, but, uh, Amari Cooper, ever, until they traded for him, wide receivers below average, tight end, lost Witten, now he's back, below average, didn't have it, they had a good running game, and their offensive line, even last year, now I know, Dallas's offensive line is stellar, but last year, everyone was injured. Their center didn't even play. He missed the whole year. Tyron Smith, he was injured. Zach Martin, I believe he was injured at times. So, yes, their offensive line was still probably average slightly above. It wasn't great, though, last year, remember. It wasn't the great line that we we know from the Cowboys. And Dak still produced 28-14. and 14. So as much as I'm not the biggest fan of him, and this is kind of a make-or-break year, and I don't think he's an upper echelon quarterback, he's still probably an average quarterback. In my estimation, did twenty-eight and fourteen in the touchdowns to turnover. So that's a two to one, a pretty respectable two to one ratio. Like I said, two to one, pretty good, not great, but pretty good. Anything above then, above that, really good. Year before he was twenty-eight and sixteen, so a little below two to one. Okay, not great, but you know, not not bottom of the ladder kind of deal. So. Good enough to be successful with six rushing touchdowns. I mean, each of the last two years, uh, three years actually, each every year of his career has produced six rushing touchdowns. So he brings that to the table. When things look like they're they're a dead play, he's able to produce stuff at times. That's part of the benefit of what he brings to the table. I don't love his accuracy. Uh, I don't love that he's been up or down. Isn't great. Hasn't been great at throwing the ball down the field the last couple of years, but. I still think he's an average quarterback. You could do so. He could do some things. You could be semi-successful with him. So that's why I have him above Eli right now. And Eli is going to come in third to me in this division, ahead of uh, Dwayne Haskins, who's either a rookie, right, or Case Keenum, who really doesn't throw the ball great. Now Eli, I know his offensive line hasn't been good, but at the same time, he has had great weapons the last couple of years. I mean, twenty actually. Uh, the one year he had no weapons, he had nothing because that the whole team was devastated by injury. That was two years ago, but last year still played for the most part of the season with Odell Beckham, Saquon Barkley, Sterling Shepard. Uh, Evan Ingram was in that lineup, but certainly enough weapons. Offensive line clearly up and down, much better in the second half, terrible in the first half. 
he produced 22 and 15 interceptions, uh, touchdowns to interceptions. Not good enough, obviously. The year before that, did 20 and 18. Obviously, that's brutal. That's almost one to one. Now everybody was injured. His offensive line was bad. Yep. Okay. Fine. We can make an excuse for him there. But then he follows it up with a 22 and 15. He's 38 years old. Maybe at this point you realize, okay, he's on the decline. So to me, he's on the decline. He's a little below, below average as a starting quarterback right now. Right? His, his ceiling is average. So that's why I have him as the third ranked quarterback in the division. So to me, Wentz, Dak, Eli, Redskins. So that's where they stand. For me, in regards to the NFC East quarterbacks. Now, Daniel Jones, number six overall pick, he could be on the horizon. Kyle Oletta, last year's fourth round pick, where does he fit into the mix? That's an interesting question. Very interesting question. Now, this regime did draft him. So there were people that were high on him. We know what happened this past year. Played very minimally. Snuck into one game, I believe it was against the Redskins. Threw maybe a handful of passes. Didn't look great, but he was a rookie. Coming from Richmond. Had off-season surgery this year. And now, he's going to have to fight for his roster spot. Which is an interesting, really interesting development here with the Giants this summer. One that we're going to keep an eye on. But let's talk to him. Let's see what he has to say about it. So with that, on to the next one. All right, so let's bring in Kyle Oletta here. Obviously the Giants' fourth-round pick last year. And one of the reasons I wanted to bring Kyle in here is because you kind of hear the the perception about him and then you talk to him. And to me, it doesn't seem to match, you know? that That's one of the things where my interactions with, with – how you doing, Kyle, by the way? I'm doing great, Jordan. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, you got it, man. That's one of the things why I wanted to bring you on. I want, I want to get people to, to know you a little bit because it seems like the perception from the outside is a little different than who you probably really are, <laughs> at least from my perspective. Uh, does that bother you at all? Do you, do you sense that? Uh, how, do you, how do you take that? No, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. I try not to, uh, um, you know, pay attention to all that outside noise, you know, whether it's performance on the field or, you know, the off, off the field incident that I found myself in last year. I mean, um, you know, what I always say is the people closest to me, uh, they knew, they know who I am. I mean, my, my teammates know who I am and, and, uh, they've, they've always been really supportive of me. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, of course, you know, pl- playing in the NFL and especially playing quarterback, you know, kind of comes with the territory that, uh, you know, you're going to have a, a tight, um, you know, people people are going to criticize you and, and try to paint a picture of you and who you are, but it doesn't bother me. I yeah, mean, the I, magnifying I glasses are out, you know, they're, they're looking. They, they, yeah. Any little any little clue, they make a quick, it's easy to make a quick yeah. assumption, right? And you helped yeah, them out. No and you helped them out a little bit. Let's be honest. You helped them out a little bit this year. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, you're absolutely right. And that's why, you know, I finished my rookie year last year and, and, uh, this is a new year and, and I'm just, 
excited for another opportunity. You know, kind of a clean slate. Got a got a year under my belt, a little more experience, and uh, I just feel so much so much better going into this this year's camp than last year's. You know, as a rookie, it's just pretty crazy feeling being you know to dream all, all all your life playing in the NFL, and then you finally get there, and it's just eye opening, and you're just kind of overwhelmed at first, but you know you finally settle in, and and uh, for me, this year's going to be totally different. So. I'm um, looking forward to another opportunity. Why do you think it's going to be different? What What is it that you, I just you think, think is going to be well, different? I just feel for, personally for myself, um, you know, even talking with Coach Shula, our offensive coordinator, just saying, man, you're going to be so much better off uh, this year than you were last year. Uh, I mean, we all are. I mean, last year not only was, you know, was I a rookie, but it, it's a new offense, so everybody's kind of learning, um, you know, the new, the new system and the language and stuff. But, um, you know, anytime you get – you know, one year and then, and then you go into your second year and then everything, you're not, you're not hearing all these terms and all these coaching points for the first time. Right. You know, you, you already know them and they're already, you know, it's starting to become second nature. And as a quarterback, the last thing you want to be do, you know, be doing is, is thinking before the snap or even after the snap, you know, not knowing what you're doing or not, not being sure of yourself. And, um, as a quarterback, anytime you can go into a series, you know, feeling confident and feeling like you really, really know what you're doing and, and uh, you're sure of yourself, I think, you, you know, you're going to see better results on the field. Well, let's let's go learn a little about you first, right? And we'll, we'll get back to that in a minute, uh, you know, this season and what's coming up. But you're a guy who's from a football family, huh? Like that you, you grew up, yeah. like your dad uh, played in Navy, correct? Your brothers yeah. played. You, yeah. you have two brothers. Your uncle played. Your grandfather was mm-hmm. a coach. I even read. I mean, uh, so you had a little different approach, you know, or view of football kind of growing up. Sure. No. I. I yeah. No doubt. I mean, the, the football influence really comes from my dad's side. Like you said, my uh, my grandfather was. Uh, he first of all, he played at Delaware. Um, the Blue he Hens. Played actually on the basketball. Yeah, on the on the Blue Hens, uh, he played basketball and football. He was a running back and was a really good player. And then, uh, you know, he was actually uh, was going to go into the army, um, and then he got discharged because he had shoulder issues. His shoulder kept like popping out, and uh, they didn't want him to be in the army, so he got discharged. And then, uh, actually became a became a professor and a teacher from there. But yeah, he got his first gig at uh, North Catholic High School in Philadelphia. He was a head coach when he was in his. 20s, which was a pretty big deal back then, and then he was a head coach at a couple Division three schools, but, um, you know, always growing up, I mean, uh, yeah, my dad and, and his brother both played at the Naval Academy, um, and I, I just kind of got, you know, into it because I always wanted to be like my dad and my, and my older brother, but I, I didn't really play quarterback until I was in ninth grade. Um, you know, I, I kind of wanted, as I was younger, I always wanted my hand to be, you know, on the ball or around the ball, so... Obviously, when you're younger, you don't throw the ball as much. So right. I was—I wanted to be a running back, and and then on defense, I wanted to play linebacker. So I get my nose around the football as much as I could, and and uh, you know, I kind of feel like I developed some some aggression and some some athleticism playing playing different positions. And then you know, I finally got to high school, and and my dad's like, "What do you want to do? You know, what do you want, what do you want to play in college someday? You got to think about you know, if you want to play, if you want this to be your future, you know, kind of what you want to do." And Said, well, why don't we give quarterback a try? And um, you know, and, and my older brother and my dad were were just you know awesome for me growing up, being able to learn from them. You know, I idolized both of them, and and uh, I remember watching videos of my dad playing at Navy, the Navy Army game, and um, just always wanted to be like them. And and it was just awesome being around uh, those two guys and constantly 
you know, there were, I remember my dad videotaping us in the backyard, throwing the ball, trying to trying to get our, our throwing form right and, and all that. So um, <laughs> I, I definitely think that gave me an advantage over some other guys coming out of high school, just having that background and, and understanding. And, you know, when I got to college, I, I wasn't, um, you know, it wasn't like I was starting fresh. Like I already knew what coverages were and, Right. And all that stuff because because of those guys so uh, definitely helped me and and uh, is a huge you know reason why why I'm where I am today. Sounds like your dad was telling you in a nice way. Hey, maybe you know maybe linebacker is not your future, huh? No doubt. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I don't know if you're going to be uh, good enough, uh, fast enough to be a college running back. You might want to pick a different position. Yeah, those are those are tough, <laughs> those are tough positions right there. For your own oh for God. your own health and for your own benefit, long term future, I think you made the right decision. Quarterback's the way to go oh, for no sure. Doubt. Either that no or punter. Pun- punter's a good life. I always say I want my kid to be a punter. The pressure <laughs> on a punter. The pressure on a punter is not like a kicker. There's, there's so, so you know, punters. <laughs> punters the way to go. If it's, there's no only six, there's only 32 jobs though, you know. <laughs> so the, your dad and your uncle have that Navy connection. So that's I I guess I mean do, how much did you hear? Because you, you heard the Belichick, uh, the Patriots said they were the ones interested in you, right? I I guess that's sort yeah. of where that connection to connect the dots came from. Yeah, I think so. I mean, there were a lot of there was a lot of noise uh, pre-draft about the Patriots. I think it was had to do with two things. Obviously, the the Navy connection. Uh, Steve Belichick, um, Bill's father, was the special teams coordinator at Navy for a long time, and that was when my my uncle was the punter. So ah. um, they made that connection. And then I think it was the whole lacrosse deal. You know, I, I was a big big lacrosse player in high school. Right. For a while, I thought that was going to be my my destiny, playing you know college and you know, pursuing professional lacrosse, but, you know, I fell in love with football and wanted to do that. But uh, I think just those two things right there and, uh, you know, they, the, the media just kind of took off with that one. So, um, you, But I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think the Patriots were any more interested than any, any of the other teams were. Right. Um, but that's kind of how it goes sometimes. That just, you know, that just seemed to be the buzz couple, that you kept hearing. You just kept sure. hearing that. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, no doubt. So, no, I guess I it's just it, the connecting you know, of the dots. So For sure. you're a big sure. lacrosse player. You have that yeah. in your back pocket, kind of. Why? Why did you go football? And when did you? When did you sort of make that decision? And you end up at Richmond. Well, to be honest, I, I think um, right off the bat, I think I, I kind of gravitated towards football a little bit more than lacrosse. I think most of my friends are on the football team. I, I just, I think football is just. I, I really do believe it's the greatest team sport, and uh, I just love the camaraderie and the brotherhood. And I, I didn't quite get that as much in lacrosse. Now I think I was almost more of a natural lacrosse player. I mean, I, I remember, you know, year round I would practice football, and you know, all my off seasons I was training for football, football, and then you know I wouldn't practice lacrosse at all. And then lacrosse season comes around, I pick up a stick and. You know, it's like I never, you know, I just pick it right back up and was able, was able to be good enough to, to right. still be a great player. So just a natural, um, kind of natural me, athlete kind of deal. I, I just, I just love the sport of football, and I just, I just couldn't see myself not playing it in college. And you know, not to mention that the lacrosse, you know, lacrosse, uh, you know, they only have I think twelve and a half scholarships for for a full roster in, in the NCAA, which uh, still kind of surprising to me. But yeah, I didn't know. Um, I really didn't know that. That's, you know, that's not a lot. A full ride for lacrosse was kind of off the table, so I said, "Yeah, I get a full ride to play football, or you know, pay, pay tuition to play." I was like, "Yeah, I like football better anyway. Let's 
let's go with football. So you didn't do any of the elite eleven in those kind of all star camps and stuff, right? I believe we talked about no, this I before. Didn't. No, why yeah, not? Yeah, there was a there's a yeah. I don't know. I, I kind of you know I, there was one camp called uh, SVS Susquehanna Valley Sports that is uh, close by me and um, my quarterback coach in high school actually went to Susquehanna and uh, played with the coach there. So I used to go to those camps, and they even had a showcase at the University of Maryland when I was there um, that, that we did. So mm-hmm. it was kind of, you know, Elite 11 type stuff on a lower on a lower scale. But I really just went to, to practice, and, and uh, you know, I went because my high school coach was, was, was coaching it. Right. Um, but I, I didn't really believe in those Elite 11 things. And, you know, I was pretty close with my high school football coach, and he's a big believer in, in uh, you know, not doing those camps. And he... You know, he, he didn't believe that those things really helped you, and it was more kind of a waste of your time and money. And, and um, you know, and I, I didn't, I, I never wanted to be that flashy guy or that guy doing all these different showcases and camps and stuff. I just kind of wanted to quietly go about my business and, um, you know, perform out on the field and then, you know, see what I could get. Because, <laughs> because I, I didn't quite have my, my pick of the litter when I came out of high school, um, you know, as far as college is. Of course, colleges go, but um, you know, it worked out, and, and I you know, ended up going to a great school and, and had a good career. So, do you um, think that it hurt you though? I mean, when you look back at it, I, mean, I don't know. Look, it's a big business, right? I don't know. I guess I'm kind of joking, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I really don't think those things, you know, turn into offers or help you get offers in any way. Um, you know, I think I don't. I, I think it's good because guys go and they compete and they kind of see the other top quarterbacks. Um, around the country that, that they're competing against, but uh, I don't know. I just kind of stay focused. And honestly, we had so much going on in our off seasons for high school football, and that was <laughs> that was our one. Uh, you know, our high school coach would say, "Do you ever miss, you know, a seven on seven or a workout for right. us?" <laughs> you know, I'm gonna, you know, he, he would have had our neck. So <laughs> you were so, we, so we, uh, you're so I'd in that little bubble, that. right? I guess you're you're in that little bubble that your your little world right there, and you just wanted to kind of stay in it. It sounds like. Yeah, sure. No, we had. I mean, I tell you, our, our the downtown East uh, football pro- program was was unbelievable, and even the off season. You know, I remember going away for uh, summer camps and and doing a ton of seven on seven tournaments, and it, it really was a, a year round sport. And I, you know, I remember, you know, wanting, you know, because I played football and lacrosse, and I always wanted to play basketball. I loved basketball, wanted to play, but I just couldn't because we had so much going on in the off season for football. Right. I just wouldn't. I would have. I would have had to miss that stuff. So I just totally, you know, said, you know, I'm going to invest invest my time and, and really go all in with this football thing. And because uh, that's what you know, when I decided that's what I wanted to do in college, I was kind of all in for that. And I just didn't think those camps were were uh, would really benefit me. Uh, you know, enough to, to enough to do them. The disappointment level for you when the big schools didn't come calling. Was it there? Uh, How did you view it? I was disappointed, no doubt. I think I definitely had a chip on my shoulder. Um, I mean, the 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 shame of it was that I I got interest from so many of those big schools. Um, You know, they all came in to talk to me, and they all said, "Hey, you know, come to our camp, and if you throw like like we've seen you throw, you know, we're going to offer you a scholarship." But none of them ever did. So. You know how, but that's how you know that's how college recruiting goes. I mean, they'll tell you, "Oh, you're number one on our list," and they're probably telling four other guys that same thing. But so, you're 17 years you old know, at the time. You don't you don't really know that, do you? I mean, aren't you like you know, you taking know. it like, "Oh, you're seeing all these big schools come around." You probably think, you know, "I'm going to end up going to one of these big schools." 
Exactly. And, and I got an offer pretty early from Toledo, uh, straight off my film. So my, my coach always thought, hey, just be patient. Once you get that first offer, you know, the other ones are going to roll in. Usually you just need one school to kind of believe in you and, and, and offer you that scholarship. And then the other school say, you know what? Well, right. you know, they did their homework and they, they, they thought he was good enough to offer him a scholarship. So he's probably good enough. And then that's kind of, you know, like snowball effect. That's usually how the offers happen. But for me, it, it really didn't happen that way. And, um, I was definitely disappointed, but I think it, it was part of what motivated me and, uh, you know, the player that I was, cause I was always that kind of that underdog and, and, uh, even at Richmond, you know, I was always that underdog player that, that nobody really, you know, gave a shot to be, to be good. And until so I, till the, and uh, the, the game time started, and, and I performed out on the field. So. I always joke because you know, every player uses the underdog card, it seems like, right? Like, I always joke, Odell always sat there, and he was like, I've always been doubted. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, this guy wow. went to, you know, the school that well, Eli and Peyton LSU went to. He went to LSU. Draft, he was so. number 12 pick. And some guys <laughs> just some guys just need that, right? That's how they – that's their motivation. Sure. They, they always need that. But when I look at your resume, sure. like – this, it, for you, it seems like it's tangible. It's real. Like, I'm looking, you know, you're in high school, and then you don't get the big offer. You go to college, and then you ta- you get hurt, I believe. Was it your sophomore year? Your uh, second in year? In college, then. it was actually my junior year, my redshirt junior year. Oh, it was right redshirt junior. My, my last season. So you hurt your knee, correct? Yes. Okay, so you hurt your knee. You have to miss a year. And so, it, for you, it really seems like you were you are the underdog everywhere. And then you come here, and then you know everything happens. A rough first year. Now again, you're back in that same spot again. It seems like. Right. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> how do you? How do you approach that? I mean, because you there are people now. They're saying, oh, you know, and you saw last year they were willing to move on from a quarterback. Say, oh, you're fighting for a spot on the team now again. Is that just like uh, I mean, old hat for you? Like, oh, I've been there before, no big deal. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, you can. I mean, that's when you draw on those those tough experiences you've had, and, and you just kind of think about them and say, "Hey, this is no different." You kind of got to take that same mentality. You just, got, I mean, you got to let it motivate. I mean, that's what any good athlete, and that's what any really competitive athlete does. Is any of the negative chatter, the negative you know, talk about you, just use it, you know, to fuel your fire. And, and for me, um, you know, I think it all started when, when I first tried out for quarterback in seventh grade. And it's like, it's funny. Cause I say that and people are like, Oh yeah, sure. But I mean, that, <laughs> that's well, I will never forget that. So it's, it's, you know, as long as I play football, I will always have that in the back of my mind that the first two years I tried out for quarterback, I wasn't even good enough to be a backup in right. middle school. So, I mean, you have to have some sort of resilience, and, and, um, you know, just, you gotta be committed and you, you have like, for me to, for me to play the quarterback position, I really had to work to get there. And, uh, it's no different. I mean, you, you gotta just, you just gotta work hard and just, just try to, you know, block out all that noise and just, uh, go about your business. And then when a tough time hits and you either get injured or, uh, you know, if I get injured, like, like I did last year and I had a, had a, you know, a little knee deal that I was, that I was dealing with, you know, you just think about, Hey, you know, why can't I do it again? So it's just it's got to be my mentality going into this season. You go and you, let's look back at last year for a second. All right, uh, you come in, people. You know the natural hype because quarterbacks people want to go crazy over it, right? You're Eli's successor. Uh, you're competing with Davis. He then gets cut. 
you're there, you're kind of the, you know, the, the, the next guy. And all of a sudden things don't go great this year. Right. Uh, right. The, the, the incident, right. You get, a, you get a, arrested for motor vehicle violations. Right. First of all, right. what your, your dad's a, a Naval Navy guy, right? Right. <laughs> how does, how does that go over? What, what's that conversation like? Um, I don't know. Obviously, my parents were extremely disappointed, and honestly, the mo- I was most upset about the whole thing because of them and how embarrassed, you know, they must have felt for me, and it, it, it hurts me to even think about it because of them, you know, because I, I know how great of parents they were and how, how great of a job they did raising me, and, um, you know, so obviously, anytime that something like that happens, it, you know, somewhat reflects on them, but it, it really doesn't, and I don't know. Nobody, you know, nobody really knows what what happened that day. But shoot, it happened, and and uh, there's nothing I can do about it. But you know, my dad was upset, but he he was support. He was more supportive than than anything. And I was honestly surprised how supportive he was. Uh-huh. He knew I was upset. He knew, you know, how difficult, you know, that was going to be uh, for me to for me to deal with. Right. Um, so it was like almost no reason just, to like kick kick somebody when they're down. Like he knows you're already beating right, yourself exactly. up. Yeah. You're already beating yourself up. What's the use of really, you know, pounding it in again? Sure. I mean, you know, he he, he knows how much this, you know, football means to me and and uh, you know my job and my career. So you know, he just wanted to to make sure that that I was going to be good in that department and that I wasn't going to let it, you know, kind of continue to to affect me. And, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very thankful because they, my parents were nothing but supportive uh, when that all happened. Whole situation still bother you? No, I mean, it doesn't. I mean, You're over. like I said, it's part of the past now and uh, just kind of put it behind you. I mean, I'm sure people are going to, I'm going to hear it the rest of my career, but whatever. I mean, it's... Uh, That's part of the know, perception. That's part of the perception yeah, I was but, talking about earlier, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. the, the reality is, and it's silly, but I write, you know, if I write anything about you, the comments, you look at them right, right away, there's easy jokes, right? People just go straight into it. They make a little, a little quick joke about it. I mean, that just, that just seems to be the way it is right now. And uh, is that important to you to sort of rewrite that? Yeah, what I was saying, I think it's important to rewrite the narrative for me because, you know, I would, you know, I don't know if I'd be able to live with myself uh, you know, having that happen and then fizzling out, and not and, and and not doing well for myself. I don't care about the outside, you know, the public perception and all that. I mean, that that really doesn't bother me, and and uh, I don't think it should. But but personally, I'm such a competitive person. Like I always compete against myself, and I feel like you know I'm my biggest critic. I'm my biggest uh, competitor on the field, and I just demand so much of myself. But I I want to. You know, um, I want to come through for myself because I because I know I have it in me, and I know that's you know that's kind of how I'll permanently get that thing out of, out of my head is if I can you know come out on top and and uh, perform and, and be successful someday. So you know that's that's kind of how I I think about it. What do you have in mind for this season? What do you, what do you envision? You got me. Yeah. What what do you envision for this season? What do you what do you see for this um, season in in your future? What are you trying to accomplish? I don't know. I mean, well, first of all, you know, I want to make the team and um, do well. But I, I just, I want to, 
I just want to be consistent. I want to, I don't want to have a couple really bad days or this, you know, I just want to be consistent. I need to show progress. And I think that that's the key to, to any young players that, you know, you show growth, you show improvement from year to year. And, um, I, I truly believe I can do that. And, um, you know, I think if you're just a little bit better each day, you know, by the end of camp, you're you're a whole different guy. And it's been tough because I, I really haven't gotten those reps. And as soon as preseason ended last year, I didn't get any reps. But right. I, I could just tell last preseason how much better I got by the end. And, and that's kind of what I want to feel this time around. And, and uh, for, you know, I just want to make the team, first of all. And then, you know, from there, just, just uh, you know, see how it goes. I mean, like, like I said, I, I'm – I would love to play. I would love to do all that, but you know, you got to take care of business and and uh, take care of the little things. And and uh, first things first is, is is make the team and and be on the fifty three. So uh, you know, that's my first goal, and I'll do everything I can to accomplish that. It, it didn't help you this spring. You had you were dealing. You had knee. You had a knee procedure, right? A clean out. I guess uh, when was yeah. that? At the beginning of the off season. Somewhere. Yeah, you know, it was. Uh, yeah, I was dealing with a knee. It, it was this weird new thing. The whole, the whole, all of last season, it was like in my knee and and uh, affected me. But you know, if I had gotten a surgery during the season, I would have would have been out. And um, you know, I think the coaches didn't know, you know, what what was going to happen or if I was going to play or not. So they, you know, the the Giants, the, the training staff, and everybody just wanted me to, you know, work through it last season and then get get the surgery after the season. But even after I got the surgery in January. It's still kind of caused me problems and some fluid got in there. I had to get it drained a couple times. Um, and it, it's just, kind of, it's nothing, you know, it's nothing structurally wrong with my knee. Right. Um, you know, but it, but there's been a, a cyst and some other stuff that's just been causing a lot of, a lot of pain, you know, when, whenever there's something right on that, uh, lateral side of your knee, it's, it's right where all the nerve endings are. So really, really painful. And, uh, you know, having, I was having trouble like bending my knee last season you know, past a certain, a certain spot. So yeah, I think with all that kind of out of my head and hopefully behind me this season, I, it won't affect me. And, um, you know, hopefully I can kind of move around a little bit better and, and, uh, hopefully show off my legs and, and extend some plays and, and, uh, make some plays out on the field. Cause you know, that's, that's who I was at Richmond and that's kind of what, what kind of quarterback I am. So, uh, definitely, you know, one of my goals and one of my things I'm, I'm focused on this season is kind of incorporating that into my game a little bit more and, Right, using my legs, and uh, you know, I think that'll that'll make me a more dynamic player. Is it sort of just uh, you know the after effects of the original knee injury you had in college, or is it separate? Or no, you know, the doctor said it's it's totally separate uh, and unrelated. Um, It just kind of just kind of happens to some guys where fluid fluid gets into an area that it shouldn't, and it doesn't doesn't flow out, and and you kind of get this. Um, you know, mass that's just in there. But I had two separate ones and two different ones. And, you know, unfortunately, we didn't get them done at the same time because we, you know, they, they did everything they could. And, um, it's just kind of a tough. I mean, we, we got, got the MRIs. We got, you know, I, I, I was in the hospital so many times just, just to check it out. And when we thought it was going to be done, it, it came back and it's just kind of been a mess. But, um, right. you know, I've, I've done, I've, I've done as, as well as I could just working around it, trying to train around it. And, be smart, not overdo it stuff. But, uh, you know, I think it's, it's going to be just healed up and, and ready to go for, for camp. And, and, uh, you know, I'll be, I'll be a hundred percent. And that's definitely a great feeling as, uh, as an athlete, just not, not having to worry about an injury. Um, cause so many guys got, got injuries and nagging things that they're dealing with, but 
that's just one less thing you have to worry about and and uh you know all the all the more focus on uh the task at hand and and uh the goals that I've set for myself. So you do get in a game last year though, right? And it's uh the Redskins game, I believe, right? You're you're you guys are smacking around the Redskins. Uh yes. you go for five with an interception. How do yep. you how do you uh what do you make of that at this point? Like you get to look back on it now. What do you make of that experience? And uh, does does that bother you? Uh, I mean, like I said, none of that stuff bothers me now. I mean, I just, I mean, obviously when after the game, you know, we still won the game and everybody's yeah, all excited for a big win against yeah. the Redskins, but I wasn't happy. You know, I was, 40, was it 40 to nothing in an NFL game? game? I think it was 40 to nothing at one oh. point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we were killing them. I mean, but that—I don't know if I'm mistaken, but I—I I, I think that might have been the first or second game that I was active, and uh, you know, I—I I, I think, I think mentally, I was a little bit, oh my gosh, you know, first this is my first game, and a little bit caught off guard, and because I've been inactive for so much of the year, I just, you know, you you can prepare as much as you want to be the starter. You know, you're always you're always taught, you're always told, hey, prepare. Prepare like you're a starter. Prepare like you're a starter, no matter right. what. I feel like I did that, but as soon as I went in that game, you know, I felt I just felt so uptight and so nervous, and like, you know, I just wasn't in I wasn't in a uh, the right mindset to kind of go in that game and and do what I needed to do. And uh, you know, I, I think I've always been a guy who, when the when the lights turn on and, and game time happens, you know, my nerves kind of go away, and I'm just start you know, playing off instincts and, and, uh, I've always risen to the occasion in big moments, but that was one where I just, I, I don't know, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't feeling like myself and I definitely let the nerves get the best of me. You just, um, but you just chalk it up like the first, said, first, first game, first game, uh, you know, learning experience, uh, first game <laughs> nerves kind of deal. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if you got to, chalk it up as anything I, I mean it is what it is it was it was a crappy performance but right. uh, you know I'll know I know I'm going to do better next time around and that's all I, that's all I can kind of worry about and look forward to what do you make about afterwards uh Pat Shermer says uh, publicly he's I believe his uh, I'm probably <laughs> close to verbatim but not verbatim yeah it's like I hope you guys got what you what you wanted to see I and mean, what is it? What do you? Uh, you're you're on. You know, you're the player on the other side of that. What did you make sure. of that? I don't know. I mean, I, I obviously wish you hadn't said that, but I don't know. I can kind of see where he's coming from. I, I feel like there were a lot of questions. You know, obviously we had the rough start. Uh, I think we were one and seven, and there was a lot yep. of people, uh, you know, wanting to make the switch. And and uh, yeah, I think he just. I was asking so about it about Kyle, 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 and then I finally get in the game and don't do well. So I'm sure it was just frustrating. And even after a big, big win, you know, we win 40 to something, he's still getting questions about Kyle. So, you know, I feel like he was just frustrated at that point and kind of blurted that out. But, you know, <laughs> it, it is what it is. Like I said, I, I'm me and Coach Trimmer have a good relationship. And, uh, you know, he, he was he was supportive of me even after that. And uh, so just going to kind of move forward and, Continue to get better. I gotta tell you, it was a little awkward. It was an awkward situation. Every time I asked it and brought up your name, he would he would get you know you could see his head about to explode, <laughs> and I and I feel like that's what happened again, right? Is like 
he he just couldn't he couldn't contain himself. Like his his anger is just like built sure. up, and it obviously wasn't from really what was going what happened on the field because you guys smacked around the Reds because that was your best game of the year as a team. Yeah. I mean, you were up forty to nothing, and he right. just couldn't. He just he just lost it for like for like a split second, which. Uh, Probably happened more than he would have liked last year because it was a rough year. I mean, it was a rough year for the yeah. for the team in general. And like you said, at one and seven, I mean, I was sitting here raising my hand over there when you said a lot of people were talking about you and bring you know you coming in. I was I was peppering with questions every every week. You know, right. are you thinking about bringing in Kyle? I because mean, you were one and seven in the NFL. Like, right. you know, you're not it, it, the, you're not making the playoffs when you're one and seven. You're not turning it around to that degree. Right. So. Uh, so now they bring in Daniel Jones, right? He's the number six right. overall pick. How do you make sense of that in regards to your future that you know they just invested that heavily at the position? Yeah, I mean, um, obviously, <laughs> Eli's coming to the end, um, and everybody knows that. I mean, that's, um, but, uh, so, you know, they went out and, and, uh, took a kid they really liked and, uh, he's a good player and I think he'll do great. I, I just, I think at the end of the day, uh, it's, you know, if, if I look at it from the perspective of like, oh, I'm ever going to play. Well, I mean, I think that the, at the end of the day, the best, the best player who gives the team the best chance to win is going to be the starter. So, you know, and if that's not the case, then, you know, this isn't the business I want to be in anyway, but right. I think it is. And, and, you know, first and foremost, you know, as a football team, you want to win the game. So, you know, coach is going to go with the guy who's gives the team the best chance to win. So, you know, if it ever comes down to a me versus Daniel Jones deal, um, you know, the best player is going to play and, and that's that. And, you know, I'll, I'll be, uh, I'll be, I'll be fine with, with whoever's the best player, as long as the best guy's playing, you know, whether that's Eli, Daniel, myself, whoever, I mean, that's the end of the day, that's all you got to worry about. So I, I don't even try to, I don't even think about that. I mean, look, every every year you're going to bring in new guys. I mean, right. I think. I mean, I'm sure the Giants. I mean, the Giants have brought in a quarterback. You know, I don't know how many straight years, but you know, it's uh, it happens. So yeah, whatever. it's you, guys, you can always have guys behind you trying to trying to take your job, and and uh, you just got to protect it and and go out there and play every play every every day and, and every practice like it's your last one. Yeah, you know the Giants. The trend is they just take the Senior Bowl MVP every year, right? I mean, yeah. we're we're at, we're at three in a row now on that one, right there. So, were you yeah, surprised? Were you surprised? Funny. Were you surprised by the whole Davis Webb thing last year about him getting cut? I mean, for us, it seemed to come out of nowhere. I was wondering if you – because he was running twos, right? He's running second team pretty much the whole right. entire summer, the whole entire preseason, and all of a sudden, seemed like a big monkey wrench. Well, I think that's why it was surprising is because you saw him take a uh, majority of the second team reps. Um, so everybody assumed that that meant he was the backup quarterback. Um, but I don't know. I mean, like I said, they, they you know, the, all the coaches and our front office, you know, they, they're good at what they do and they're, they get paid to do it for a reason. So they, I know they have long, hard talks about all this stuff and they're always going to make the decision that's best for the football team. So a little surprising for sure just because of the amount of reps he got but um you know i mean once that happened i just took it you know saw it as an opportunity and and uh you know one more one more 
you know, step into into hopefully me playing someday. So, but you yeah, know, like I said, then the next year you get another guy that gets drafted, and right. you just got to move forward. You can't can't worry about it, and you just got to go about your business and act like act like nobody else is even there. You know, then it's just you you against yourself. Really, that that's how I play. Is I just compete against myself and try to complete every pass I throw, and that's all you can do. And the rest is out of your hands, and you just let the let the coaches handle the rest. I think next year I'm just going to predict that whoever wins the Senior Bowl MVP gets drafted by you. I, you know, <laughs> at this at this point, it's probably my it best happens. my best bet, you know, percentage wise. <laughs> so there's one question I got to ask you because I'm doing research on you, right? And I see you were at the Jepson School of Leadership Studies, right? Yes. So is that your major? Were you like a leadership major? Yeah, so I, I is that I really a major? What's it called? Business marketing. Yep. Yeah, it is a school. Wow. So it's an old separate school. What do you what, tell me? Do you basically learn just how to be a leader? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of you know what I mean. I, I'm I'm really yeah. simplifying yeah, I mean, it. Sure. I mean, there's a bunch. Obviously, if it's a major, you know, you're doing courses for four years on it. So there's tons of different, uh, you know, aspects of leadership, and you know, you need to be. But like a lot of people naturally think that that leaders have to be these, um, you know, these authoritative alpha people male kind of person. take control, and that, that's not always the case. You just kind of learn the, the different types of leaders and and personality types, and and you know, my, the biggest thing that I learned, even through school and through uh, just kind of my experiences in football, is that like leadership is so situational, and there's not, you know, people ask, "What's your leadership style?" I don't think. There's there's an answer to that. You, you can't have as a, as a dynamic, effective leader. You can't have one style. You can't. Right. You got to tailor your leadership based on the situation you're in and based on who you're dealing with. You know, and uh, there's so many examples that that I can you know draw. Well, from you have Eli where, in your own Eli in your own locker room, man. He's not this rah rah you know loud no, 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 alpha no. male who's going to stand up there and and you know yell and scream all the time. That, a, that's not his style no, at all. There's a time and place. I mean, absolutely, and I think you. You know, don't, coaches talk about that all the time. Is don't be a phony. Be, be yourself. Be lead within your own personality. You know, and and sure, I mean, there's a time and place for for really getting on somebody or, or really, uh, you know, uh, you know, getting get, taking control and and uh, being a little bit more authoritative. Um, but then there's a time and place to kind of take a back seat and let let somebody else handle it. And, you know, I think the best leaders are people who can. Um, you know, let let others you know take control and and uh, you know when when they're not an expert or when they don't have all the answers is to is to delegate responsibility and let others help them out. You know, and right. you gotta you gotta understand when that's appropriate and when it's not. So there's there's so many facets of it, but I've I've learned you know, and then in the leadership school you take different electives on you know whether it's uh, leadership from a business perspective or um, you know political leadership. You know, over right. presidential leadership, and you know, I've, I've kind of studied it all, so it's been it's been pretty neat. You know, being able to experience the leadership firsthand in football, and then study it, you know, in a classroom setting. It caught my eye, because, and I like it because I think it's it's a practical thing, right? A lot of times you go to college and you do these things and you learn these things that you're sure. never going to use again, right? But this leadership yeah, think, leadership is something you're going to use no matter what field you kind of go in, no matter what no area of life you're in, no matter what you're doing. So actually, I, it caught my eye for that reason. I kind of like it. Yeah, and, yeah, and then you know, I, I just noticed like all the all my classmates in the leadership school are all people who are willing to engage, willing to express their opinion, willing to argue, and 
and uh, and it's really really cool to see because these are a lot of influential people that that become really really successful and I think it all starts with you know a lot of these people are probably in an interview setting and I'm sure the first question they get is hey what's what's leadership studies and right. if you can kind of answer that and come up with a really uh, cool way to explain you know what you've learned and how you 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 know made yourself uh, you know more uh, uh, giving yourself more value and, and more knowledge by by understanding you know the dynamics of leadership I think it's super powerful and like you said you can use it in, in any in any situation and in, in, in any part of your life you mentioned you know be yourself you know you, everyone has different styles what's that mean for you like what's your who explain try to explain to us who you are well like I said I mean I, I've always been a guy who who kind of feels it out and based on who you're dealing with, I think, you know, like for instance, there are certain players that respond to, you know, the old yelling at you right. and get to try to get you motivated. And what are you doing? You know, how, you know, this and that, but then some other guy, you know, some guys might take that and, and get angry and it might motivate them and might make them perform better. But there are other players that do the exact opposite. If you yell at them and, and and calling out in front of the whole team, they're going to go the other way. They're going to get defensive, and and you just got to know who you're dealing with, you know. And there's 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 plenty of times in my practice in college when I really got on a guy, but I only did that if I knew he could take it. I knew he was going to, um, you know, respond the right way. You know, I would never call a guy out or you know try to call him out in front of the team if, if I thought he was going to put his head down and so, walk off the field yeah, yeah. or not want to play football anymore. So you just got to know who you're dealing with and, and uh, you know, know, know when the situation calls for you to, to really get on somebody and really and, and uh, you know, really make an example or it's better just to pull them to the side and say, hey, you know, the team really needs you. You know, we're, we're counting on you and I'm counting on you. And, and just, you know, at that point you can also offer assistance. Say, hey, I'm here to help you in any way. You know that sort of thing. Some guys, sometimes that's the best way to, to handle it. But you got to know. You got to know the situation. You got to know who you're dealing. You're running a camp right before uh, you guys start up again here for training camp uh, back home in uh, was it Exton? Is that where yes. the camp is in Exton? Uh, you're doing it with with your brothers or? Yeah, yeah, both my brothers and uh, my father will both be there, and we're all going to be coaching up the quarterback. Is that sort of like your future? You think is is that something you can see yourself doing, being a, getting into coaching? Yeah, I mean, I always told myself I didn't want to coach after I was done. Um, Why not? You know, I studied business. Well, I, I've always been like very interested in business and uh, kind of getting into the business uh, realm some somehow, some way, uh, but. You know, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. It, it would be hard for me to walk away from the game of football and then never do anything else, you know, involved in it. And that's why, you know, me and my brothers and my father have talked about starting a camp, uh, you know, after I'm done playing and, and, and having that as something we can all do together. Um, and like I said, I, I, I grew up being coached by my older brother and my dad, and the way they've coached me and stuff has helped me so much. And I think we kind of pass some of that knowledge on to some younger guys and, yeah, maybe that's maybe that's in our future is is running a you know whether the Lawletta passing academy or whatever you want to call it, but right. um, that'd be really really cool. Something we could all do together uh, someday. So looking forward to that. You uh, your older brother is a year and a half older than them. Could, could you could you keep up with them, or you were kind of always trying to keep up with them? He was always a little step ahead. No, I think uh, well, I think he you know I give him a lot of credit for how I developed athletically because I was always hanging out with him and his friends. 
uh, trying to compete, and yeah, he would he would beat my butt, you know, a lot of times when I was younger. And uh, but it all it, it all you know helped helped me become who I am, and gave me that competitive edge. And you know, it didn't didn't matter whether it was you know my brother or one of his friends. I was I was trying to trying to win in everything I did, and and uh, being the, being the smallest kid and being the youngest kid, I was always always kind of playing up 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 a level and and trying to keep up so i think that's a that's a huge reason why you know i I turned out to to be the athlete that i was yeah in the end that always seems to work that always seems to make you better you know when you're trying to compete with the older kids my brother was four years older than me so i got he i was just getting my butt (laughs) kicked left and right but i was trying to keep i was i was trying to keep up with them i was trying and in my head for some i don't know how but i thought i was as good as them I don't know. Obviously, obviously not. <laughs> but Kyle, we appreciate it. Uh, it'll it'll be it'll be fun to watch. Very interesting to watch how this year plays out. And we wish we wish you all the best this year. Thanks a lot, Jordan. Thanks for having me. All right, Kyle. Thanks for coming on. On to the next one. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Kyle Letta. That's going to be one I'm going to keep my eyes on all summer. The quarterback situation, where he fits in. I mean, the Giants have liked Alex Tanney. I mean, Pat Shermer has proven to be a big fan of Alex Tanney, right? He cut Davis Webb last year just so he could keep Alex Tanney. Will he do the same now this year for Kylo Letta? It'll be interesting to see. Interesting to see kind of how he fits into that quarterback situation. It was hard to tell in the spring because Kyle, as he was talking about there, he was coming back from a knee injury. Right. So his spring was kind of limited. So you didn't really see how he played into that mix with Eli, Daniel Jones, and Alex Tanny and him being the fourth guy in that mix. And there's also what if the Giants only decide to keep two quarterbacks? Right. What if they're going with Eli as their starter and say, why do we need anybody else if we have Daniel Jones here? He's our future. We invested so much in this guy. We only need two quarterbacks. We don't need to waste another roster spot on a quarterback. We don't need a super contingency plan. We're fine throwing Daniel Jones in the mix of the middle of a game if we have to. Or then, you know, going to scramble for a quarterback if somebody gets injured. Who knows? We don't really know that for sure yet. And if last year proved anything, everything should be on the table with this group in regards to quarterbacks, right? Because nobody really saw the Davis Webb cut coming. Spent the entire preseason, the entire summer as the number two quarterback. And then the next thing you know, he's not there. And now Kylo Letta, who they were really high on in the summer, they seemed to cool off on as the season progressed. And as we talked about a little bit there, Pat Shermer even had those comments at one point in the season. Where he said, yeah, I hope you guys saw what you, you wanted after that Washington game, which was a very, very strange way to go about it and thing to do. So the quarterback situation for the Giants, I'm sure we're going to be talking about that plenty going forward. And then the next few weeks when training camp begins, because that, that's, that's the exciting part right now. Finally, right? You're a Mets fan. You don't want to watch the Mets. They stink. You're fed up with them already. You can't watch that bullpen all uh, that much longer. There's not even a shred of hope. 
It's only August. But luckily for you, football season's beginning. Okay, Yankee fans, you want to get it through the malaise of August and September because really the only thing that matters is October. So that's why we got we got football coming. Training camp. It is upon us. It is here. Thank the Lord. Training camp is upon us. Football is here. Enough of these other sports. Boring us to death. I'm just kidding. I, I like I like every other sport pretty much. But yes. Football season begins end of July, beginning of August, and takes us until good mid-February, and we love it. That's it for this episode of Breaking Big Blue. As always, make sure you subscribe and like this podcast. Tell your friends. Spread it along. We need to grow and grow and grow until we take over the world. World domination, that is the goal. World domination. And as always, you can reach me on Instagram, Twitter, email, Facebook with all your questions, and I'll do my best to answer them. And that's it for this episode of Breaking Big Blue. I'm your host, Jordan Ronan. See you next time.